funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv ripping, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to the Funniest People I Know radio show and podcast. I'm George Kaloris, and with me today, fresh from hiatus, are some of the funniest comedians I know. On the line, we have Alexandria Sweat. Hey, Alex. What's up, George? It's <laughs> <laughs> so good to see you. Uh, <laughs> you do. <laughs> we got TJ Jackson. How's it going, TJ? What up, George? <laughs> oh my God, I'm being serenaded. This is so flattering. I love it. And, and officially joining us this week is our newest co-host, Abigail Williams. Hey, Abigail. What's up, George? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love how you rude because you didn't even have to do that run at the end, Abigail. Okay, but that's cool. She's like hey, auditioning baby. for American Idol over here. Right? Yeah, I'm sure they've been calling me as soon as the show's over. <laughs> have you ever auditioned for a talent show or a TV show? I am way too prideful to let a Miley Cyrus judge my vocal cords. Hmm. I'm totally kidding. I'm just actually way too terrified. <laughs> oh yeah. It can be a very yeah, intimidating experience. I'm yeah, sure. no, I'm not I'm not brave enough for that kind of thing. But some not. people have the confidence that shouldn't be singing and they go anyway. So life is weird like that. <laughs> I would keep, like, keep that attitude, like forget a Miley Cyrus or a Katy Perry telling you what you do or do not sound like because girl last time katie was like ah, 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 we was all like my head okay <laughs> <laughs> well i would call in to vote for you thanks tj i'd vote so for you good. abigail george thank i mean you. i don't watch american idol but if i did I would. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd watch it if you were on. I guess. Oh, okay. Thanks. I I don't think I would watch it if I was on it. Like I'd be way too <laughs> uncomfortable. TJ, the next time they come through town, you have to audition. I yes, will audition if Abigail auditions. Mm, All right, it's a deal. That. Okay. Okay, that's. <laughs> I love how George just greets for you. <laughs> As her official spokesperson, it's a deal. Yes, exactly. Thank you, George. Um, I called repeatedly and voted for Fantasia and who I love Fantasia. and Elena because they were both from Georgia. So, so I kept playing redial, redial. I was a very bored high schooler. I uh, forgot that back then you actually had to call. Like mm-hmm. you actually had to dial in. I completely forgot that. Exactly. Back in the Stone Age. Back in the Stone Age, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, Alex, you've got some big news, right? You booked something, didn't you? I did. I booked a commercial and I filmed today, which was cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, I got to keep it tight-lipped. I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not getting paid enough to keep it tight-lipped, but you know, it's a cool commercial and I get to do some funny stuff and use my comedic chops. So, you know, I'm receiving it. Thank you, universe. Thank you. I appreciate it. Is it Zaxby's? Wouldn't you want to know? I wouldn't want to know. Mm-hmm. And I love this guessing game. You'll find out at the Super Bowl, I guess. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> if we make it there. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah. Nothing's concrete right now. So much happened, y'all, just while we were on break. 
I looked at a list today of the news from September, and we had so many things happen, including the loss of RBG, the release of the president's tax returns, Schitt's Creek swept the enemies in historic win of every category, and Chris Evans accidentally leaked a dick pic. <laughs> Man, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> we had some highs, but some very, very lows. Yeah, for sure. The news moves too fast for us to cover everything. But what just happened this week that everyone's talking about is the craziest debate in American history. I think Uh, you mean the most professional, classiest debate in American history. (laughs) Yes, I think it was very highbrow for uh, American audience. Agreed. I felt like they should have just kept cutting to... Stadler and Waldorf from the Muppets and have them critique before the commercial breaks. That would have been phenomenal. Alex, what did you think? Oh, okay. Let me catch my breath from last night. I have two things to say. One, I feel like we, the people are the children of two petty ass parents going through a divorce. And last night we watched their petty ass argument play out. That's a great analogy. Yeah. And their neighbor, Chris, was over to just watch. (laughs) Chris was over here. We were playing games. We were chilling in the den. And then all of a sudden, our parents are going back and forth like, no, you're a liar. No, you're a liar. Well, I got 72 months of experience and you got 74. You know what? I want to go back to my room. I don't need any parts of this. The second part, Chris Wallace, what's your drink order? Because you needed one last night. No kidding. (laughs) That's his heart. Let's all Venmo him today for a drink. (laughs) Send us the Cash App link. Send us the Venmo because you needed it. You needed bottles upon bottles. You didn't have anything under your desk you could reach for. We could see the struggle. I just want to throw out some suggestions for people who may be able to help Chris Wallace next time or take his place. I think Iyanla Van Zandt would fix all of our lives. If Iyanla could fix America's life, I'm here for it. And starting as debate moderator, put her there. Oprah, just because Oprah, I like her. Just a black woman. I just say that. Just put a black woman. Put me up there. Shoot. I'll go off on them. Shut (laughs) up. I'm cutting mics off. I'm telling people to shut up. I'm going to commercial breaks on my own. You wouldn't even have to worry about nothing, people. Now, we all know who Oprah is, but you mentioned someone else first. I know who you were talking about, but for those who don't, Well, audience members, Iyanla Van Zandt, I don't even know where to begin with her. She was introduced to us through Oprah in the 90s, a self-help guru of sorts. She has a show on WeTV called Iyanla Fix My Life, where she uses a toolbox full of questionable therapeutic methods to get people to their healing place. Sometimes comical, sometimes possibly useful. Feels like my experience watching Barney take things out of his little chest as a child. Sometimes (laughs) helpful, sometimes questionable. That is Iyanla. She's Barney. (laughs) (laughs) She's Barney. Does she also have a catchy birthday song as well? Probably on the YouTube. You have to subscribe to her website. It comes in the newsletter. Nice. My hot take is... A clip from Stanley from The Office saying this. You are out of your damn little pea-sized mind. What is wrong with you? Do you have any sense at all? 
Do you have any idea how to run an office? Yes. Every day you do something stupider than you did the day before. That's and I think right. there's no possible right. way right. he can right. top that. Okay. But what do you do? You find a way, damn it, to top it. You are a professional idiot. And that summarizes what I wish had happened last night during those debates, where we learned nothing about any actual policy that I'm aware of. In fact, the only policy I heard mentioned was when I believe Donald Trump said something about the Green Deal, to which Joe Biden said, I'm not doing the Green Deal. And then they moved on from there. So was, what deal are we looking at? But I'll never know. I'll never know. And neither will you, America. Just like Jake Tapper said, it was a total blank show and a dumpster fire. I think um, people suggest putting them in soundproof boxes yes. and just turning off their microphone when they're exactly. two minutes early. And honestly, exactly. if the other two are going to be the same, I completely give that my vote. We're not feeling like everything's burning around us and we're in a dumpster fire trying to crawl out. This is normal. We're all good. Everything's good. <laughs> I'm a political junkie and I never miss a debate. I usually throw debate parties. This year, I was like, I'm not going to watch it. I am going to avoid it. So I stayed home and I watched Shit's Creek instead. And I got text messages from all my friends who were like, you're missing this. This is the craziest thing ever. It seems like I didn't miss much. And that's a sad statement for somebody who used to enjoy the game. But it's like being a football fan. But every time you tune in, all you see are the Falcons blowing it in the second half and Tom Brady cheating with half-inflated footballs. At some point, the game stops being fun. I wanted to write a therapy sketch after watching the debate, and the scene would be two toddlers screaming at each other over a dump truck while a mom helplessly looks on trying to stop them from hitting each other. Yeah. And that would be the whole scene. And I think that would be a representation of what we saw last night. Mm -hmm. I love it. We'll check in with you next week on that. I think SNL is going to have a really hard time parodying this because it's so hard to parody a parody. All they need to do is dress up like babies in diapers and just start no. yelling. That's literally the parody. I just gave it to them. Go ahead and hire me, SNL. I'm available. <laughs> or they do what they did with Sarah Palin and just recreate it with actors saying the same lines and showing us how ridiculous it really was. News happens so fast these days, so we're bringing you the FPIK News Update with TJ and Alex. Hi, I'm TJ. And I'm Alex. And this um, is the news. In an interview with Fox News, Eric Trump may or may not have come out when he spoke on the LGBTQ community's support for his father, saying the LGBT community, they are incredible, and you should see how they come out in full force for my father every single day. I'm part of that community, and we love the man. To which the gays responded, no, thank you. Eric Trump being a member of the LGBTQ community would be like me being a Trump supporter, extremely uncomfortable, shocked by what everyone was saying, and unable to remember any of the lingo. Yas, Karen, you tell those libtards, work queen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in other news, the New York Times published Trump's tax returns in their Sunday edition, reporting only having paid $750 in 2016 and 2017, and a $70,000 write-off on hairstyling. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe he's not. 
seriously, have you looked at this guy's hair in the wind factor? This man needs a refund and a better weave. Say it, girlfriend. Now on to sports ball. The Atlanta Falcons lost their second game of the season, making them the only team in history that has given up a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter in back-to-back games. It's as if the Atlanta Falcons hired Ryan Murphy to direct their season. It starts off really strong in the beginning. Then everyone gets disappointed in the end. There's not enough Sarah Paulson. Speaking of which, Ratchet debuted on Netflix last week, which is a show about an evil nurse who becomes involved in curing lesbianism in the 1970s, then enters a lesbian relationship, and then saves a lesbian couple from a mental hospital. We give the show six out of ten lesbians. Speaking of women, it was reported that shortly before doing the morning show on Apple TV, Jennifer Aniston almost walked away from acting after a role she says sucked the life out of her. When asked what she would do instead, Aniston responded, interior design. TJ and I will now act out that scene. For these walls, I was thinking either olive green or topaz. Um, yeah, I know, yeah, mm, I, mm, yeah, mm, well, well, mm, yeah, mm, uh, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, and scene. <laughs> Magawa, a five-year-old African giant pouch rat, was recognized with the prestigious honor for his work detecting 39 landmines and explosives in Cambodia. People can watch the full story in the autobiographical movie adaptation, Rataboomi. And that's the The news. Thank you guys for keeping us updated. I didn't realize what a great reporter you were, TJ. It's 95% research, 5% coffee breaks. (laughs) (laughs) That was fantastic. I didn't know a lot of the things that you said, although I will say, to me, the Falcons are just a joke at this point. Mm -hmm. You do have to live in this city, Abigail. Yeah, well, they're still a joke. People are like, can you believe it? And I actually didn't because I thought they were joking. I'm serious. And then I looked it up and found out it was real and was like, okay, wow. I think that the Falcons should find a way for the players to not know the score. They do a lot better if they just didn't know they were in the league. <laughs> Let's find a way to give them sunglasses or blinders of some sort a secret. to stop them. We're going to stop you from counting. I don't know how, but we're going to figure yeah. that one out. Just tell them it's a scrimmage or something. (laughs) This is fake. These cameras are not real. Just practice. Or just maybe that's the advice. Practice. Oh. You know, I'll say I can relate to being really good at something on my own and then getting in front of people and all of a sudden it's, what? That's a really terrible feeling. So if any Falcons players, which I'm sure they all listen to our show, I just want you to know I'm on your team and I apologize for calling you a joke, though... I still stand by what I said. <laughs> I don't think that sounds like a very good teammate. I think you're right, but I'm not on the team. So well, You just said you were. <laughs> you're like, I'm on your team, but you're on your own. I'm on your team in some ways, I guess. And that's a wrap. <laughs> it's like they learned nothing from the Super Bowl. Do y'all remember that? It was 27 to 3 in the third quarter, and we still lost. How? I'll never be able to forget that, TJ. Ugh, me neither. 
I was at a restaurant just drinking with friends, watching finally our home state in the Super Bowl, which has never happened in our life. And we're super excited. It's like how the election was going. Everyone was super excited. And then Florida happened or I don't know. Pennsylvania. Yeah, Florida was in this game, but <laughs> I don't know. In defense of the Falcons, a team loses the Super Bowl every year and we never remember it. Mm-mm. No, but they lost once and we all will remember it for the rest of our lives. Yeah. It's one of the most remarkable losses in all of sports history. So I say be proud of a, that. That's yeah, that's that's an accomplishment. Yeah, remarkable. Don't you want that tagged onto your life? Remarkable. <laughs> TJ's told us before that he believes that he has a secret talent and that he was a dream interpreter in a previous life. Yeah. Is that right, TJ? Correct. I interpreted dreams and I had a fabulous dream coat. I still do to this day. Wait, you had a dream coat in a previous life that you have somehow managed to keep with you to I this think, day? Yes, it has somehow always managed to find me. This time it was in the rack of a Goodwill in the ladies section. This coat changes. Yes, exactly. But metaphorically speaking, it's the same one. Exactly. Got it. Do you need this coat in order to dream interpret? Because one of us has a dream they want you to interpret. Yes, I do. You're going to need to go get that jacket because I've got some questions for you. (laughs) Right now, TJ's dressed like the Hamburglar. Yes. He's putting on... um, it looks it's to be not, a beige. It's not so much a coat as it a is a beige throw. <laughs> yes. Colors fade in the laundry over time. And I think that's what happened in this case. Okay. So TJ is wearing his dream coat. You ready to interpret? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Okay, TJ. There I am peacefully sleeping Thursday night. And I wake up and recall that I had this really intense dream where I met President Obama and his wife. They're wearing just normal clothes. He's not dressed in a suit. He looks like street casual, but nice, classy. So I see him and I get really excited and I look over at he and Michelle and he looks at me like he recognizes me and we have this connection, like he knows me somehow. So I like walk up to him and I'm like, hey, President Obama, I've just had some things on my heart I wanted to talk to you about. And I start to tell him something. And he's talking to me in this really kind way. I'm feeling like this man gets me. I'm feeling a lot of comfort talking to him. And then one of my good friends, who was actually in my wedding, comes up to him and starts crying. It was like, I just really need to talk to you. And just completely steals my thunder, takes the attention away from me. And he just goes over there and I'm looking at her and she's faking it, but she's not faking it. It's hard for me to explain it. And then I woke up deeply disappointed and a little pissed. Yeah. Mm. Well, is that the end? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because I woke up. You so. woke up. Yes. <laughs> sometimes dreams go on to another dream and that means something sometimes. Hey, you're the dream interpreter, so you would exactly. know. And a big part of my job is asking more questions to get more detail. So I wanted to know... First off, where was this happening? It was outside. It was almost in this old-timey market, except present day. There was a wooden wagon behind Mm. me. Oh, yes. Almost like a stagecoach meets the Oregon Trail wagons. It was kind of weird. You were out west. and Well, I actually think we were in Pennsylvania. I don't know why the wagon was there. 
Okay. Yeah. I think you were in um, Scranton, it sounds like. Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that sounds like Scranton, um, which is interesting. And that plays a bigger part. And I'll get to that in a moment. Um, So Michelle was wearing her active wear. And so was um, Barry. Uh, and no, not active wear, just like casual clothing, like crisp, clean, but just not like a suit. You know, normally you see President Obama in a suit, he was not in a suit, so he was wearing his mom jeans, yeah, but he looked cool. Okay, and you were having a pleasant conversation, your friend comes out of nowhere. And then basically conversation bombs you. Yes. She literally didn't even acknowledge me. She just took away from my conversation. Yeah, exactly. Um, DJ, that's not a dream interpretation. That's just summarizing her dream back. (laughs) Oh, I'm getting to it. Okay, okay. Sorry, I jumped a ball. Is that a phrase? It is now. That's a (laughs) friendly way of saying that, I suppose. Don't criticize the craft if you don't craft it. It sounds like your friend has done this before. When someone's talking to a president and first lady, she has to be on that as well. What has this friend not interrupted? It sounds like your friend is jealous of your connections with higher administration. Okay. Uh, And back to the Scranton part, I would say you need to visit Scranton soon. In the next- <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me, but I really don't see that on the radar. Yeah, we're in a pandemic right now, so I can't really imagine Scranton being the place I'm risking my life to go to. You can see where. With apologies come. to the people of Scranton and Joe Biden. You know, take a train up there. I promise you, it'll be <laughs> great. You can also see where they film the office, so it'll be a nice. That go, would make it worth it. A fan trip. Also, you can go find that market. But alone, not with your friend or husband or child. Oh, so I'm getting a vacation out of this. I do like it. This is a trip of self-discovery. And wow. Yeah. Also, light a candle, incense, pumpkin, spice flavored, preferably. Write the name of that friend, put it in there. And like in the fire? Yes. Of the incense? In the fire. Smoldering little thing. Make sure it burns entirely. Your interpretation of this Barack Obama dream is that Abigail has a jealous friend and that she needs to burn her friend's name over a pumpkin spice candle and then take a solo vacation to Scranton, Pennsylvania? I think it will be a lot to come out of there. Okay. That's one hell of a dream meaning i've never heard of anything like that it's not even really a meaning it's like he's just saying to find out the meaning you need to do these things you're like a fortune teller here right now you're like a fortune cookie (laughs) yeah dream journeys have no end so this is a dream journey not an interpretation you're taking me on a journey or sending me maybe you put on the wrong coat (laughs) you put on your pilgrimage coat you should have put on your dream interpretation coat well, so. thank you, TJ. Yeah. I really appreciate the insight. Yeah, no problem. It's like no problem. one word. I thought TJ kind of looked like E.T. in the basket when he put on his dream coat. So maybe that's where the sense of journey came from. Because mm-hmm. E.T.'s journey, that's my interpretation. Yeah. I am getting wrinkles. So I feel like E.T. a little bit as well. No, he does. Can- he looks like E.T. <laughs> Alexandra, you're on the hot seat today. It's time for another (laughs) pop culture blind spot. And you watched the show Downton Abbey for the first time. 
oh my goodness, where do I begin? I think I'm going to start with calling this show All My Children of Downton Abbey, because that's exactly (laughs) what I got while watching this. Listeners, I don't know. You guys may have been watching this for years. You may not. If you're new, jump on the ride with me because we're about to go. It starts with the Titanic, y'all. Sinking. <laughs> what a way to open. It starts with the Titanic. This is all my children. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that part. And now we're on a journey. And Lady Mary, daughter of Lord Grantham and some woman named Cora. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what she is to me right now. But she needs a husband because one of the passengers that died when the Titanic sank was her suitor, who also might have been a third cousin because that was something that they were doing back then. Mm. Such a mess. But the whole house is in an uproar because what is going to happen? So when I say the whole house, I mean both the family, the Crawleys or the Granthams, um, who are the dignitaries, the upper crust, the people with money who pay for the people who live downstairs or the staff to work in this large-ass house and to serve them. (laughs) What a description. What a description. We meet a new staff member at the beginning of the show named Mr. Bates, who becomes a delight of my heart. Ah, yes, Mr. Bates. Mr. Bates, how may I help you? He's so awesome. He has come and joined the staff to be the valet for Lord Grantham. But... My dear, dear gentleman is on a cane and everyone in the house is in an uproar. (laughs) (laughs) They just can't take it because it can't work if you have a limp. At least that's what we're supposed to believe watching this show. Yeah, they really did play that up. You have sisters who are feuding in the rich family that lives upstairs between Mary and Edith. Edith being the middle child, Mary being the older sister, now having to entertain a bunch of suitors who are now going to be coming to her home to request her hand in marriage. And then there's baby girl Sybil, the baby sister of the group. Baby. Sybil is so precious and- She's precious. As noble as she wants to be. She doesn't seem tainted by the mess of the Granthams yet. No. I really want to keep her there. I appreciate her. You have Lord Grantham and Lady Grantham, or Cora, as I have called her. What is her name? (laughs) (laughs) We meet Lord and Lady Grantham. And Lady Grantham came from money. And apparently, some years prior to this, maybe the Grantham estate was falling a little short financially. And Lord Grantham married him a little Miss Cora so he can get the money into his family, which is now up for question because if Mary does not get married, they will lose the money because she's a woman and cannot inherit the estate. Mm. Huh. Mm. A mess. And this is all the first three minutes of the first (laughs) (laughs) But that's neither here nor there. Maggie Smith comes in later and she's wonderful as the dowager, which is a word that I just learned upon watching this show. I call her Violet with the shady looks because sis can serve a mean mug and I just, Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. And the hats, they're amazing. We continue to go on into the story 
Mary has a bunch of suitors and we have another cousin that comes in by the name of Cousin Crawley, Blue Eyes, and he is trying to be a suitor for Mary. And he's also for the people, I guess he calls himself calling out the upper class and standing up for the working class man because he doesn't like the staff has to do things for him and he wants to break down the system but Lord Grantham assures him that this is necessary because it gives dignity to the staff members lives which I'm like BS. (laughs) You have the butler whose name is Carson who runs the ship for the staff members and he has been very Concerned with Mr. Bates, the valet with the limp. Mm -hmm. He has complained several times to Lord Grantham that, you know, I just don't think it's going to work. Because he has a limp? Because he has a limp. Oh, wow. Because of the limp, TJ. Mm. Yeah. But we find out it's because Carson has his own secrets. He used to participate in vaudeville (gasps) with some sort of (laughs) scandal. It was hilarious. We also are introduced to a Mrs. Crawley, who is the mother of the suitor, who's also very smart at medicine and might have been a doctor if she wasn't a woman in the early 19th century. Yeah, that poor, stupid female, man. Like she (laughs) could not possibly know how to heal someone, right? Mm -mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. All of this is episode two, like Juicy Boots. Then we get to episode three. You have Gwen, who's a maid on the staff. This thing stood out to me because Sis bought a typewriter and just wanted to be a secretary. My heart felt for her because she had to hide her typewriter. Some people are hiding drugs. Other people are hiding typewriters. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I got in trouble for, hiding a typewriter. (laughs) Because... There's two people on the staff who I'm not quite sure what their title is, but in my life, their title is pain in the ass. Okay. Um, (laughs) O'Brien. I guess she's the mistress to Lady Grantham. That's mostly who she tends to and helps her with her things and helps her to prepare for all the events. But she's a hater. Listen, Alex, you got to give her time. Okay, I got to stop you right there. I can't have you hating on her. She gets more lovable. O'Brien? Yeah, you don't think so? Am I missing something? Which one am I thinking of? Miss O'Brien. I'm typing it into Google right now. Oh, I hate (laughs) her. I forget. She's a complete conniving a-hole. Yeah, you're thinking of a different maid. (laughs) Did not want to say it, but thank you, God, you saved me from that one, George. She's the worst. Just trash boots. Her and Thomas, who happens to be the male counterpart for that position where he tends to the men are male guests, like a hand servant, a jack. I don't know royalty. I need hand servant, a jack. jack. I'm uncomfortable, Alex. Where are we going here? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even realize what I was talking about. Thomas. So it is fitting. I mean, just like, what's happening? Possible. This is very Freudian of me right now, talking about Thomas in this way. He's shady boots and not to be trusted. Agreed. He was messing with a suitor of Mary's on the low. I don't know what they was trying to do. But (laughs) (laughs) DJ will explain after the the rest of us know. (laughs) I mean 
what guys what were they trying to do Thomas and O'Brien, I already know those two staff members are not to be trusted. Thomas is mad because he didn't get the position of the valet. So he's always talking trash about my baby, Mr. Bates. I love him so much. He is so humble. And Thomas is so trash. And then finally, with Thomas. Thank you. We finally make our way to episode three, which was the end of my assignment for the podcast. And my head has just spun around at least 50 times as I'm watching <laughs> this. It ends with Lady Mary and a potential suitor who is very rapey, might I add. I say that mm-hmm. with the most disgust in my voice mm-hmm. that I could emote. But he was cute. And that's what they kept trying to point out the whole episode, how fine he was. Right. But somehow, Lady Mary... And the Turkish man. The Turkish delight, as we should call him. Ooh, I like it. The Turkish delight, yes. It's English candy. It's perfect. (laughs) So the Turkish delight and Lady Mary end up in Lady Mary's room. Lady Mary is trying to avoid his advances. But then we go away to another scene and we come back. And now Turkish delight is dead. And they have to drag him back to his room to make it look like he died in his room. And that's kind of where this thing has ended. And I am hooked. (laughs) I need more. This is all my children. This is days of our lives. This is passions minus the weird metaphysical, whatever journey they were trying to take on passion. (laughs) I am hooked. Masterpiece Theater. Thank you for this soap opera that you just gave me. I never would have thought of an English drama as just a really classy soap opera, but you've opened up my eyes to how biased I am. I think, listen to these English accents. Look at those pearls. It must be classy. And then you say this, and I'm like, no, this is complete trash. This yeah, is garbage. Totally trash TV. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wow. My eyes are opened. I'm going to tell you where I got my hint. Listen to the theme song. It tells you everything you need to know because Mm. every soap opera theme song has that whimsical ass, journey ass sounding music, just like Dancing Abbey. It sounds like it's taking you on some journey to some sort of train stop you didn't ask to be taken to, but you're here now. You're going to watch these people's lives catch on fire. And I am here for it. Thank you, Dancing Abbey. I will be catching up some more later this evening. This makes me want to go back and rewatch the first couple episodes. <laughs> I did a rewatch recently and it is such a fun trip. Thank you, Alexandria. That's really great. <laughs> I haven't seen it personally, but I'm intrigued now. I think you would like it. I didn't mention her, but my favorite character is Daisy. She's the assistant to the cook and she's just so sweet and so innocent and clearly just hasn't been exposed to a lot and she's just very fascinated by everything that's happening in the house amongst the staff amongst the family part of me feels like we are watching the show through her eyes even though that hasn't really been suggested in the narrative to me but I like to think that when watching because she's just so innocent I love it awesome Alex, I'm really excited to have you on the Downton Abbey train and can't wait to hear more about what you think of the show because it goes there. Downton Abbey, the classiest soap opera of our day. This has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. 
We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to our amazing producer, Jane Boynton, who edits the show. If you enjoy the show, please review, subscribe, share with a friend. We're available on every service, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Audible. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. See ya. Bye. Bye.